0: Work with somebody who's clear in their communication, who, yes, you want them, as you said before, to be credentialed, you want them to be experienced, you want them to be a fiduciary, all these great things. But at the same time, if they cannot communicate that value, to you the value of the strategies, the value of their philosophy, then something's going to be missed along the way.
1: There are many factors that contribute to success, skill, good work habits, positive mental attitude, and of course, proper planning. So let's head to the drafting table and get this retirement success blueprint underway with Michael Stewart of Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. I'm your co-host, Mark Killian. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome into the podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the Retirement Success Blueprint Podcast. We always appreciate your time here as Mike and I talk investing, finance, and retirement. We've got a good podcast lined up this week. We'll get into it right now. So Mike, what's going on, my friend? How are you?
0: I'm doing great. How about yourself, Mark?
1: Doing pretty good. Into May. So hopefully your May is off uh, in a good way. <laughs> a yeah, rhyme
0: busy. There. Got a, a wedding anniversary, a wife's birthday, a couple weddings, uh, Mother's Day. So it's a very eventful month for us.
1: Gotcha. Well, you know, taxes obviously got pushed to May 17th, right? So there's <laughs> a little bit of that for some of those folks that maybe drag their feet a little bit. But That's okay. Just get it done, right? Get in there and talk to your folks and do what you got to do. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on, obviously, in the world, Mike, so we're going to get into some of this. I saw this headline about economists expecting the economy to continue to boom through the second quarter of this year. And assuming that indeed does happen, it seems like it might There's a good chance of that. What kind of advice might you share with folks uh, just over the next coming months?
0: Yeah, this is a pretty timely question. Uh, we were just interviewed on a TV show about a week ago called The Income Generation. So it really focuses on kind of baby boomers, those in their 50s, 60s, 70s plus. And it was answering, asking kind of a similar question, basically saying, hey, it looks like with all the vaccinations, with the economy reopening, you know, what are, what are you telling clients? And And so that along the same lines of that question is, you know, we're saying we're cautiously optimistic. So we are big believers that between all the pent up demand, between everybody getting their vaccinations, between all the things that were put on hold in life over the past year or so, that the economy will boom second half of this year. The consumer spending, everything else is just going to be very positive for the economy. Where the cautious part comes in is that we're concerned that it might already be built in. You know, when you think about the stock market, it's buy the rumor, sell the news. So for any investors that are kind of sitting on their hands out there being like, you know, I'm going to wait until I see all that activity happening, you know, that all the reports start coming out and August, September, October, that all the activities picking up, it's gonna be a little too late to participate by that time. So one of the things that we're sharing with clients is, it's been a great run off the bottom from about a year ago with the kind of COVID crash from last March. And you know, so we might wanna start taking some profits off the table as we head into the second half, not because the economy won't be booming, but because maybe a lot of the gains will have already been had by then.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good point, and there's obviously a lot of things happening. You know, we're seeing all the some of the inflation starting to happen, and so on, and so forth. So there's a lot of mixed messages that people definitely get uh, to wondering what's going to be going on and looking for good advice. And you know, we get emails all the time, Mike. Uh, you know, to the podcast and various things, asking questions about you know what does that whole process even look like, and how do I go about getting a second opinion and you know, things of that nature. So maybe you could enlighten a little bit for us.
0: No, absolutely. So what, one of the things we get, as you had mentioned, is, you know, a lot of calls and emails after after the show publishes on every couple of weeks. And they want to say, OK, well, Mike, if I want to meet with you, you know, will you take a look at our situation? We call it our second opinion service. And really, it's not a sales meeting. It's really not deep in the weeds on investments or anything. It's really just identifying where are you right now? Where do you want to go? And are there any gaps in between those two? destinations. And if there are, then if you're a good fit and we can help you kind of fill those gaps, then we'll invite you on to become a client. And if your current advisor or on your own, you're doing a great job right now, then that's okay too. We'll tell you that just so you have confidence going forward, because we only work with clients that we can make a significant impact on. So if we can help improve your situation, that's great. We'll help you identify those gaps and fill them and help you move forward. And if everything's going great, we're going to tell you that too.
1: And I think it's easy enough to do folks and so if you have those questions there's nothing wrong with getting those second opinions just reach out and have that chat with uh, Mike and give him a call at 815-526-3092 that's how you can call him again 815-526-3092 you can also stop by the website at crystallaketax.com and drop an email if you'd like and fill out I think you've got a little uh, way to contact you that way as well so there's plenty of stuff for you crystallaketax.com again crystallaketax.com but the easiest way is just to call 815 526 3092 Ninety-two. All right, let's jump into our main topic this week here on the podcast. So, what we really mean is <laughs> we're going to talk <laughs> the code. Sometimes that we hear, Michael. I want you to kind of help break this down. Obviously, you've been doing this a long time. So, in the financial services world, and really any industry, right? There's phrases, there's jargon, there's so on and so forth. But in this case, uh, let's go with some of these kind of I don't know these kind of tried and truisms, if you will, and really what it means. Uh, versus, I guess, maybe the fluffier way it might sound. Maybe that's a way of Mm -hmm. putting it. So
0: I love this topic.
1: Okay. All right. So you might hear something like what they said, and then I'm going to have you give us the what they meant. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the what they said might be something like, we've experienced a significant market correction this month. Very fancy.
0: (laughs) Yeah. In short, it means your portfolio lost money. Uh, (laughs) You know, what they really should say is, you know, rather than saying there was a correction or that the market dropped or crashed or tanked or whatever, you know, um, adverb they want to use on there. Uh, One of the things that what you really should be asking as a client is, okay, well the market doesn't matter to me on a risk adjusted basis, based on the amount of risk that I'm taking, how much was I impacted? So as an example, if you are 60% in stocks and 40% in bonds, you know, did you lose more than 60% of what the market went down? You know, if you had that quote unquote correction, because if so, then you might be taking a little bit more, too much more risk than you think, you know, if you lost less than that, well, then maybe, you know, your portfolio is working out well. So I find it amusing when they say, you know, I want to be very technical. It's a significant market correction, but really it just basically meant you lost money.
1: Gotcha. <laughs> it's true. Right, right to the point. That's what it is. Okay. Uh, we might hear something like we're forecasting significant upside potential for this stock.
0: Yeah. You got to be very careful and get to understand how Wall Street works. And a lot of these companies haven't, not only are they trying to, you know, have you promote their stock and things, but they're also. The reason they're doing that is because they have investment banking relationships on the side. You know, they want to, you know, issue more shares, issue bonds, take them public, whatever it happens to be. So they promote via what they call buy side analysts. Now there's buy side analysts and sell side analysts. So buy side analysts are the cheerleaders on Wall Street saying, rah, 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 you know, this is a buy, this is an overweight. Sell side analysts are saying this company's horrible. You know, it's just, you know, run from this money, sell, do whatever you want. And the irony is that according to a CNBC report, only 6% of all stocks that are publicly traded are actually listed as sells. So, you know, given any kind of market conditions, do we really think that 94% of all stocks are buys? The reality Mm. is probably not. You know, we tell clients at the end of the day that there's no such thing as a hold. You know, some firms will be, you know, right straddle the fence and it's not a buy, it's not a sell, it's a hold. And we'll say there's no such thing as a hold because if you own it at the end of the market day, you're basically rebuying it tomorrow. So, you know, you have that kind of conviction. And it's funny that CNBC did a, uh, a report a couple of years back called Why Wall Street Analysts Never Put Sell Ratings on Stock. You know, in fact, Morgan Stanley is an example because it got so much pressure because mm-hmm. everything was either, you know, a buy buy or a hold that you know, don't sell anything, even when the market's tanking, that they change their weighting to buy, overweight, equal weight, underweight, then sell. So, you know, there's, and and so what does that actually mean? It's either you want to buy something or you sell something. That's that's really the only two things there. So, you know, there's so many conflicts of interest there because it's not worried about the individual retail investor, the mom and pop out there just trying to save for the retirement. Right. What it's all about is the financial relationships they have outside of that.
1: Well, we get so inundated with fluffy language a lot of times. I think that is a good way of putting that, where we try to put a lot of, of fancier sounding or, you know, fancy, I don't know, just the words we try to use try to help prop things up so we don't feel the negativity as much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's one of the ways we do that. So it's kind of, you know, it's always nice to kind of think about, okay, let's find the direct route, just give it to me straight. And I think a lot of times that's what people want when working with an advisor is someone who's going to tell them, especially if you you know, you're in a situation where you're thinking you might be a little bit behind for retirement. Hey, don't sugarcoat it. Tell me what I need to do. Help me fix this thing through. So that's kind of the idea with this. I've got some more fun ones here we'll go through, Mike. Uh, Let's do uh, our fee structure aligns with your interests. We do better when you do better.
0: Yeah, one of my favorite commercials out there. It's funny because coming across prospective clients, even existing clients that have seen that commercial and, the, you know, and that one, that specific line is from Fisher Investments, so not good or bad, you know, they are what they are, uh, is that you know, when they say we do better when you do better, some clients take that to mean that, oh, well, if the market goes down or we lose money, we don't pay you. That's not the case. When they say we do better when you do better, what it means is since they are fee-based asset managers, that the higher your account goes, then they make more money because the fees are based on the value of the account. Now, if the account declines, let's say, you know, drops 20%, well, sure, they're not going to do as good because you didn't do as good. So, you know, when you lost a lot of real money, they lost a little bit of fees on that. Now, the, the one thing, and I'm always big about conflict of interest, and we talk about it in my book and that, is that if your advisor is paid on fees only and the industry is kind of built to have you take more risk and be more aggressive than maybe you should, why? Why? Because if you take more risk, then the account grows faster, assuming that the market's working in you. And if the account grows faster, then the fees get bigger. And here's an example. Let's say your advisor has $100 million of assets under management, and they're charging a 1% fee. Then that's $1 million of revenue. Nothing wrong with that. They've got overhead and payroll and expenses. It's fine, uh, You know, as long as they're earning it. Now, let's say the market shot up, and they had you crazy aggressive in stocks, whether appropriate or not, and the market shot up 20% and now they've got 120 million at 20% growth, 120 million under management. Now their fees are 1.2 million. Did they necessarily do anything better? No. Did they bring in new clients? No, but their fees did better solely because they were taking a large amount of risk. My question being devil's advocate to that is what happens if you're taking too much risk and it kind of blows up? So it worked well for the advisor, but now all of a sudden everything's going the wrong way. What's your plan B? For them, it's just go out and find new investors. For you, it might be a diminished retirement.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Very good. Very good. So, uh, you know, when we're going through and talking about these kinds of things, and again, a lot of these are the kind of questions that people have. And again, we mentioned earlier, if you got some questions, get a second opinion. Even if you're working with somebody, there's nothing wrong with finding out uh, if the plan you have is the right one for you. You can maybe make a little tweak or find some things that might be pointed out to you that you weren't hearing. And sometimes you might hear some of this stuff, you know, when you're getting a second opinion. So you want to try to find, and we'll get to the, kind of the lesson of this in just a minute, but you want to kind of find hopefully that right fit for you. How about this one, Mike? as a CLU, MBC, AADR, I like this one BLAH blah. <laughs> you're in great hands with an accomplished financial advisor.
0: Yeah, hopefully, you know, these my many titles impress you. You know, that's that's kind of what they're hoping. It's kind of, you know, positioning themselves. And you know, I too, and you'll see it on the book cover and everything else. I've got an alphabet suit behind my name, MBA, RFC, CEP, all these things. But I'm a believer that what's really important when you're working with an advisor isn't the titles or that I show you how How much I know, you know, and all the jargon and all the titles. It's rather that I can take some things that are complex and make them simple to understand so that you can make an educated decision. It doesn't matter what I know if I can't actually communicate that to you in a way that makes you feel comfortable and confident in your decisions.
1: Yeah. And I think that's a great way of putting it because obviously you want to have somebody who has credentials, but you also want to have somebody who can actually again. Relate to you and make you and help you understand it because you don't want someone who's talking too far over your head and so on and so forth. There's a real, it's a, it's really about the relationships, you know, but you got to have that kind of, uh, that fine edge, I suppose, if you will. Let's do one more and then I'll let you get to the lesson for us on this, Mike. Your portfolio has a very high alpha and I'm worried about your potential for reverse dollar cost averaging once you have to start your RMDs. Very fancy.
0: Yeah. So it's basically, if I make this sound like rocket science, maybe you'll give up and just let me manage all your money. You know, the the biggest compliment that I get, and I truly mean this is because we would work with, you know, great savers, just good, successful people and that, but, you know, just regular blue collar people is that what I get is that I made something that maybe when they came in, they didn't fully understand whether it was investments, taxes, estate planning, whatever the financial topic might be. And at the end, they thank me because I presented it in a way that they can understand it. And, you know, and I've had both husbands and wives together because, you know, different people manage money differently in the relationship. And I've had both husbands and wives at the end of our first meeting, whether we ever work together or not, actually shake my hand and say, thank you. You know, I was so worried about this. I thought you're going to talk over my head. I, you know, use all kinds of jargon, not <laughs> right. understand what's going on because that's how I feel when our advisor normally talks. You know, we leave more confused than not. And so the greatest compliment that I get is that I make it easy to understand you know it's 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 understand why they invest a certain way why we're using certain strategies it's less important the how that's what i get paid for is the how the implementation but what's important is the why because then you get more confidence and clarity about the path that you're on
1: well so what's the lesson what's the takeaway
0: the takeaway is really just work with somebody who's clear in their communication who, yes, you want them, as you said before, to be credentialed. You want them to be experienced. You want them to be a fiduciary, all these great things. But at the same time, if they cannot communicate that value to you, the value of the strategies, the value of their philosophy, then something's going to be missed along the way. So it's important for you to understand, and it's important for them to be able to communicate in the way that you want to.
1: Yeah. And I think that's a simple way to look at it. So, again, folks, make sure you're finding that right person that, you know, draws that good place in between the two things with the credentials and the knowledge, but also the relatability and the just like the warm fuzzies, we call it sometimes. You want to have that right fit so that whenever the advice is coming in, you you relate to it, you understand it, and then you can also, more importantly, put it into practice. So I think that's a good way of looking at that. And with that, we're going to wrap up the podcast this week. We'll we'll take an email question before we do. And if you'd like to submit your own again, stop by the website at crystallaketax.com. That's crystallaketax.com. We got a question for you from Hank. And where was Hank at? He was in Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Yeah, Yeah, he's up in Milwaukee. And he says, uh, Mike, I've heard that you need to have between 15 and 20 times your annual salary in savings to be able to retire comfortably. Do you think that's an accurate number?
0: Hank, I think in our practice, at least, it's all about cash flow. So income is the outcome in retirement. The amount you need saved isn't some arbitrary magical number 15 times, 20 times your salary because everybody's situation is a little more unique. It's a multiple of the supplemental income that you're going to need in retirement. So I'll give you a quick example. Let's say we have two couples and both of them need, you know, $80,000 of total retirement income. So the first couple needs 80,000, but they've got 50 coming in in social security, maybe another 20 in pensions. So their income gap is only $10,000. Now, couple two might need that same $80,000 and they've got the same $50,000 in Social Security coming in, but no pensions. So now they've got to fill a $30,000 income gap every year. So that first couple might be able to have only saved $300,000, $400,000 and still be able to fill that $10,000 a year gap and grow their money and get a rising income over time. Whereas that second couple might have needed to save $700,000, dollars $900,000 to accomplish the same thing. So once again, it's not about some arbitrary you know, if you hit this number, you're okay. What it is, is taking a look at your cash flow needs. How much income do you need? How much of it's guaranteed? And then what assets do you have left over that'll help supplement that?
1: All right. Well, there you go, Hank. Hopefully that helps you out, my friend. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast and dropping us a a line as well. So reach out and follow up with Michael if you've got questions, 815-526-3092. Or anybody else, if you've got some questions you're not already working with him, that's how you reach out, 815-526-3092. He is the founder at Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. Uh, You can again find him online at crystallaketax.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the show uh, if you enjoy the content on Apple, Google, Spotify, whatever platform you like to use under Retirement Success Blueprint. And of course, you can find it all at the website. So Mike, thanks for your time, my friend. I always appreciate hanging out with you and learning something new. I hope you have a great week.
0: Take care of yourself, Mark.
1: We'll talk next time here on the podcast. This has been the Retirement Success Blueprint
2: with Michael Stewart from Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. situation and needs. Please contact us to obtain our disclosure brochure relating to the services offered by Sound Income Strategies, LLC, and consider its contents before making any decisions. Where quoted, past performance is not indicative of future performance. Sound Income Strategies LLC does not represent or warrant that the contents of this program are suitable for you from a compliance, regulatory, legal, or any other perspective. We shall have no responsibility for your use or non-use of the program or any portion thereof. Crystal Lake Tax and Financial and Sound Income Strategies LLC are not associated entities.